podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Voices of the Vic with me, Mike Duffy, and my co-host, Ben Aiton. Uh, thank you very much for, for tuning in, as usual, whether it's your first time, whether it's um, the 10th or 11th time, whatever we're on now. A um, little bit of a sort of disappointing podcast to be bringing you, which we'll, we'll touch upon in a minute. But uh, firstly, let's say hello to my uh, right-hand man, as usual, Ben. Ben, considering... All things that happened yesterday. Um, how are you feeling? Um, feeling uh, gutted, obviously, um, mm. with us falling out of the league, but also slightly excited about the the journey that we can we can go on now and try and rebuild to make ourselves stronger for next season. Yeah, no, absolutely, and um, you know I think we'll touch on that in this part. Yes, it's a very you know upsetting time and whatnot with what's happened yesterday. Uh, but also, if you look on the other side, you've flipped the coin. It it's also could be very, very uh, exciting season ahead. But um, unfortunately, we do have to start with the uh, the bad news. Obviously, Watford's five-year tenor in the Premier League has come to an end uh, after a defeat at the Emirates. 3-2 it was to Arsenal. Um, not what we wanted. West Ham drawing with Villa and Bournemouth beating Everton. So... A win, based on those results, a win would have done it for us. But um, we'll start, as always, at the very, very start, in terms of the team news. Slightly different this time, Ben. I believe there was two changes made to the side. What were your thoughts? at Because, you know, bear in mind, we, we had to ring the changes. I, I think everybody knew that from the Man City game. Um, and he, if you don't know the team already, guys, it was Foster... Messina, Dawson, Cabaselli, Femenea, Hughes, Decore and Welbeck, and then Perea, Dini and Saar. So, Ben, when that starting eleven come out, because we were messaging in the build-up, um, we we were crapping ourselves, uh, to put it frankly. How was you feeling at three o'clock once that team was announced? Any more optimistic, perhaps? Or Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I was impressed with the line-up. It was very attacking. Um Liked what I saw. I thought we could take the game to Arsenal. Obviously, putting well back into the side as well and keeping Pereira and Saar. There was intent to get at Arsenal and create chances and be on the front foot, maybe, and try and get that point or the victory that we needed to stay up. Uh, so, yeah, I was excited. Um, very positive uh, starting lineup that uh, Hayden Marlins picked. Yep, and it took a grand total of a minute and a half for that <laughs> hope to be distinguished, Ben, didn't it? So, uh, <sighs> yeah, it, like, it was a cross in the box. and I mean, I'm going to say it wasn't a penalty, but if the, the VAR is there for a reason. If you look over and over at it again, you can see why they've given it. But, I mean, what a stupid thing to do from Dawson. Like, there was no... Yeah, Lacazette went for the ball, but the fact he's gone in with his elbow, no intention for the ball whatsoever. He's looking at Lacazette. What, what was he thinking, Ben? I have no idea what he's thinking. I think, obviously, they've set up the team and maybe Hullins has rev them all up. And it looks like that Dawson was too pumped up. The way he yeah. did that, um, it was just clumsy from him. Though. It was so needless. It was silly. It was it was unnecessary. And to 
give away a penalty within one minute. I know it took about three minutes for VAR to look at it, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, it felt like really a lifetime. But you knew the moment that was given, we we was going to be an uphill battle to try and get back into it. And you just knew that Arsenal was going to score that. Yeah, you know, Aubameyang, he, he was chasing Golden Boot. He didn't get it in the end, obviously. Uh, I think Jamie Vardy won it in the end. But he was chasing Golden Boot. Obviously, Aubameyang, I don't know if he's their normal penalty, penalty taker, but he stepped up and he sent Foster the wrong way and it was 1-0. But tell you what, like to, to have the hope, like we've spoke about in the past, in past episodes, how one week we're thinking we might stay up. The next week we might be thinking, nah, not happening. But as the game sort of approached, and I, I'm sure you'll tell me your comments in a minute, Ben, but as the game sort of approached and the couple of days build up to the game, I was... I had that little bit in the back of my head that was saying, what for could do this? Like, Arsenal will have one eye on the FA Cup final. So, to go into that game, you see quite an attacking lineup, and you're thinking, bloody hell, yeah, we've cracked it here. And then you go and concede in the first minute. I mean, Aubameyang actually scored in the fifth minute, and they actually started looking at it, I believe, a minute and a half in. So, that just shows you, like, how long it took for VAR to make its mind up. And, it says a lot when Mike Dean's shaking his head, not wanting to give the penalty. Yeah, he, he was shocked that was given, wasn't he? he yeah. I don't think Mike, Mike Dean doesn't like it when he's overruled either. No, Mike, <laughs> Mike Dean likes to make the decisions himself and he yeah. likes to be at the forefront of the decisions. So he, he wasn't happy with that whatsoever. But yeah, so five minutes on the clock and Aubameyang's already put them 1-0 up. And do you know what though? Considering we went 1-0 down, I thought we actually had some good passages of play in that first half. And I don't certainly don't think, you know, after that one nil, we we didn't go down as probably as as much as we have done in the past games. I don't know what you thought, but uh, obviously leading up to the second goal, I thought we were playing all right in passages, and I thought we might be able to get something here. Yeah, was, no, was you sort of thinking the same? Or? Yeah, no, definitely. I thought we was actually playing really good football. I thought this this is the best we've actually looked going forward. Since the Liverpool game, going forward, attacking, um, yeah, we looked really good. We was causing them problems. There was early signs of us getting in from behind. Uh, Saar got down the right-hand side. I still don't know to this minute now why he didn't have that shot when he pulled oh, it back to Decore. Um, he should have had an effort on goal. But, yeah, we was causing them problems. And you could tell that Arsenal are very vulnerable at the back. And if you, you get at them, you're going to get chances. Absolutely. And, you know, like you've just said there, you know, we, we were playing it really nicely. I I agree with you. I don't think we've seen good play like that from Watford since beating Liverpool. And the the most notable noticeable thing was that we were playing it on the floor and passing yes. it around. Yeah, no, definitely. I was going to mention that as well. It wasn't just long ball up to Troy Deeney. No. We we knew that there's more. This this Watford side we've got is very technical, and we're better with the ball at the feet, and we're playing small triangles and getting in and around the the, the opposition. And we played to our strengths yesterday, and that's what we should have done from the off since. Um, since the restart, we we should have attacked Burnley like that. We should have attacked Southampton like that. These are the games that have, we've shot ourselves in the foot because that's what, the reason why we've gone down this season. We haven't attacked the teams that we should have attacked. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we, we, we were really knocking it about really nicely. And, you know, if we did need to go long for whatever reason or did need to hook it up to Troy, hats off to him. He was actually winning it and he was winning the headers and winning the flick-ons and whatnot. So, it, it just wasn't constant hoof to Troy, hoof to Troy, which it has been yeah, most no. of the season. Yeah. But, um, I was sort of, again, I was sort of thinking, okay, it's 1-0. We 
We've got a water break coming up soon. Let's see. We, we were putting pressure on Arsenal. Let's see what we can do. Like, take it in one nil into the water break. Let Mullins and Stacky fire them up even more. Lads are only one nil down. Two minutes before the water break, Watford go and concede again. And Kieran Tierney, I think he took a deflection. Yeah, I remember. a little but, nick, wasn't it? Like, it's just, it was so deflating once that second goal went in. And against the runner play as well. This is what frustrates me. We were battering them at times in that first half. And that came completely against the runner play. We, you know, had the better uh, spell, better possession. Uh, and then Kieran Tierney just goes and whacks it in at 2-0. And I think, I certainly thought at that stage, we could be on for a, quite a hefty, embarrassing scoreline here. Yeah, I thought it was going to be similar to the City game after that. Yeah. That, that goal to the winner, wind out our sail just before that. Like you say, we was having a very good passage of play. We was causing them problems. The moment when that went in, I thought, oh God, this heads are going to drop. Um, it's going to be a, a riot now. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, two minutes later, the water break, and you could see how animated Arteta was, you know, giving instructions to his players and really animated. You could see he was giving a real telling off. And um, they come out of that second water, that first water break, sorry. Um, they they come out and they looked much better, much more solidified. You know, their, their positioning was better because I think the formation sort of messed with them a little bit to start with. But they looked much better after that second water break. After that first water break, sorry. And um, from that Kieran Tierney goal, it took less than 10 minutes, nine minutes it took. And Bamiyang overhead kick, you know, we. how many times have we spoke about overhead kick goals for us on this podcast? And, you know, bloody, when we need it most, we go and concede one. And I tell you what, that was the most sloppy start of the lot. Like, what was that defending all about? It was pathetic, mate. But it was yeah. a long throw from Tierney, wasn't it? Overhead of Cabaselli. Cabaselli, he didn't even attempt to get his head on that. Fell to the feet of Aubameyang. Um, hardly any pressure from Dawson. And Aubameyang just... It was it was so easy for him to just get connection on that. And the, the power behind it, Foster had no chance of keeping that out. It was just Sunday league level um, defending the game. We, we've said, I, I think I've said this every week um, for the goals we've conceded. They're all Sunday league level uh, defending. Uh, it's it's yeah. embarrassing. If if well, I was going to say if we go down, we are down. We need to <laughs> we need to sort our defence out for next season because at the moment this defence isn't good enough for the championship. No, no, and uh, I think a big factor of that is the age of the defence as well. It's not the youngest, and I think that's something Mr. Potter and Mr. Duxbury will look at addressing. And uh, you know, they've they've made a statement today, which we'll uh, talk about in a little bit. And uh, it sounds like they know what they've done wrong, yeah. basically. So hopefully, uh, things will get sorted on that front. Uh, I don't usually mention yellow cards, but the only reason I'm going to mention this is because I think he actually had a really, really good game and possibly one of his best in a Watford shirt for a long time. Roberto Pereira actually picked up a yellow card in the 35th minute. And I believe it was a foul in the middle of the park, just to make sure. I think it was Tierney, I think, that he um, he tackled. And um, it, it was out of frustration. Like, the ball had gotten away from him, and he was having a go at the defenders. And I actually think Pereira actually had really, really good game yesterday. Yeah. I don't know if you echo those thoughts, but I certainly think he had an amazing game. I thought he's, bet- he, he, he's better. Um mm-hmm. 
uh, it, looking, we we picked him out for the Man City game as well. He was grafting yeah. in that, and he was showing a lot of determination. And he was doing all the dirty work, and seeing the last two performances, it, it looks like we've we've actually missed him in the games that he's been sat on the bench. Yeah, yeah, and for a player that you know we reported earlier on uh, in the the past few months that he's going to be leaving. Uh, he, he did an interview with a. Uh, it was some foreign TV network. I don't know if he's announced it over here or whether it's official, official. But it, for a bloke that's going to be leaving and that's his last performance in a Watford shirt, um, you, you'd think that he'd be quite content with just doing absolutely shud all. But it, it looks quite the opposite, actually. Going forwards, coming back, getting the ball and going forwards, he just looked much better. I thought he was better defensively than he was offensively. Yeah. Um um, only because when Pe- Pedro came on later in the game, I thought he did more in 10 seconds than Pereira did defensively in 87 minutes. <laughs> but we will no. touch upon him when he uh, later on. We certainly, certainly will. Uh, and then Watford, at the time, I wouldn't have called it a lifeline. But looking back on it, Watford had a lifeline. Uh, Troy Deeney, penalty. It was Danny Welbeck that was fouled. David Louise, you could always count on him on giving away a penalty. Believe he gave away a penalty in the um, reverse fixture at Vicarage Road earlier in the season. Um, Such a I solid think... defender as well. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, about that. Uh, but I was actually quite worried because Welbeck uh, looked like he was holding his ankle. And I thought, no, 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 no. I know it's the last game of the season, but for his sake and for our sake, like, please, I, I don't want him injured. Mainly because I didn't want Andre Gray coming on, but... Um, it was a bit nasty yeah. from him as well, wasn't it? it That's was. an him right on the ankle. It was indeed. But um, upstep Mr. Cojones. Uh, do you know what? Can we call him that? Is, is that going to uh, is that going to you know get us some stick because of the long run? You know, Troy's obviously had the Cojones comments, and he's the one that's ended up going down and they've relegated us. So I don't know. We'll call him Mr. Cojones because Arsenal fans are still rattled about it, uh, which is quite cute to be honest. Um, but he stepped up and I actually said, you know, the way that I, that game was going, I thought he's missed this. He's either going to absolutely welly it and it's going to end up in Rosette or Martinez is going to guess the right way because Troy's last penalty at the Emirates was actually after the Cajones comments was saved by Petr Cech. Yeah. Uh, and I think that was Petr Cech's first penalty save uh, for, for quite some years or it was a first penalty save by an Arsenal goalkeeper for some years. But... Um, I honestly no. thought he was going to miss it as well. Yeah, um, and fair well, play to Martinez as well. He stood, yeah, he stood yeah. in the middle. He knew Dini was going to smash it down the middle, and Dini literally just pulled it to the right of the keeper by a tiny bit, didn't he? And there's just enough power to get past him. Well, Troy said before, you know, which not really agreed with, and I'm sure there's probably more context to it, but he'll know more. He's he's the one that's scoring Premier League goals. I'm not, but he said, I think it was a, the Newcastle game when he had two. He, he was like, he's putting it in a place and he's sticking with it. He says, he doesn't care if he misses. Now, I'm thinking, well, you might not care some, but I, I bloody would. But um, no, he stuck to his guns and he absolutely welded it and it went in. 3-1. At that time, because it was two minutes before half-time, was you thinking, we might have a chance here, or was you thinking it's a mere consolation? Yeah, just thinking it was a mere consolation, I thought it was just false hope. I thought, yeah, it's just something to get you a little bit excited and not actually thinking we was actually going to get back into it. Yeah, especially, I bet you thought that, especially when uh, Adrian Mariapa come on and uh, had to go up against Pepe. Was he Pepe's side he was on? Or he, he, 
Mariapa, come on. <laughs> yeah. That's all that needs to be said. But um, a little bit worrying to see Kiko on crutches. I think there's been an Instagram post today which suggests that he's in Spain and it doesn't look as if he has any crutches on him. So okay. hopefully he's all right. Um, he just on a side note, he has been linked with a move to Valencia. And another side note, congratulations to our ex-coach who actually led us to the FA Cup final, uh, Javi Garcia, for being appointed the Valencia boss today. Yeah, um, we we really wish him the best. I'm yeah, sure you feel the same. Hundred percent. Yeah, really pleased yeah. for him, and he really deserves this job. It's a massive job to take over at Valencia in Spain, one of the biggest Absolutely. clubs over there. So yeah, fair play to Javi. He fully deserves it, and we're all behind him. Yeah, just ask, uh, just ask Gary Neville. He'll tell you. But uh, yeah, so three-one. Uh, you know, me and you obviously thought mere consolation. You know, let let's try and keep the score down. If it does go down to goal difference, you know, then uh, yeah, I was just thinking it was consolation. Um, and then the second half starts, and my oh my, we know that Pearson's given some rockets at half time, but what on earth happened? Like. I'll say it now, we battered them in the second half. Like, there's no other way to say it. I don't think we can actually speak too much about the second half other than we absolutely smashed them to pieces. But we could only get one goal. Is that what you're thinking as well, Ben, or...? Yeah, definitely. It was it was it was good to see we was actually showing some fight, and this is what we wanted. This is what we've been calling out for, for weeks and weeks. We were showing fight. We showed that we cared. We wanted to stay in this division, and we was creating chances. We had so many chances to take the game um, away from Arsenal yesterday. We could have could have came away with three points. We had we created that many chances, clear cut chances as well, to win the game, but we but we didn't take them, and that's been the story of our season. It certainly has been the story of our season. Um, I think I saw a stat earlier which said that in terms of chances created, we've created more than Arsenal and Tottenham, who are obviously much higher up in the league. But Arsenal have scored 20 goals more and um, Tottenham have scored like 17 more uh, or something ridiculous like that. So it's clear that, yes, we're creating chances, but we don't really have the players to be putting them away. So Yeah, just not clinical enough in front of goal. No, and, you know, obviously Welbeck got the goal in the second half. We'll touch on that now. But just off the top of my head, I I think Troy had two um, clear-cut headers. Um, He's got to do better with that last one. Yeah, absolutely. That was a free header. Over the bar as well. He's got to be putting that on target. Uh, Messina. Uh, another one that um, I think he's got to be doing better there. He, yeah. He's he's absolutely well at it. He, you've got to keep it down. You know? so I know he's a left-back, but you have to keep it down. Uh, and let's not forget, which I think was the closest and would have been one of a, a brilliant goal, Danny Welbeck. Um, oh, the back-heel flick. Yeah, the back-heel flick. You know, the ball was obviously sort of dragged it behind him and to pull off that heel flick was brilliant. And fair play to Martinez. He, he's got down and he saved it. But, yeah, it's a strong you know, hand to keep that out. Absolutely. Like, but the, that's the point I'm trying to make. I'm just off the top of my head. You know, my memory's not the best. So I did have a lot to drink yesterday, by the way. I'm <laughs> sure I wasn't the only Watford fan that did. But um, off the top of my head, there's four chances I've named there. Yeah. And, you know, that that's without the goal. So you, you put those four clear-cut chances away. I'm not saying football works like that there's six goals already like it's just it, I think you summed it up perfectly Ben it's the story of our season 
Like, we've just not had the players to put the chances away. And it is something that needs addressing yeah. um, in this next transfer. Window. We've just not been good enough in both boxes. We can't keep the no. ball out of our net and then we can't score in the opposition's net. It's, it's been so frustrating. We've got the players to, in the middle to see games out and create chances. It's just we leak goals and we just can't stick them away up the other end. Absolutely. Just to put it into context, we had 19 attempts on goal, uh, six of which were on target, seven were off uh, target, not that the off target ones matters, but you can sort of, you know, see where we're getting at here. I thought the second half yesterday against Arsenal was very similar with the second half we put in against Arsenal at home this season. We absolutely battered them. And then, and and to miss chances as well. Remember that Decore chance is like the 92nd minute in front of a referee. Raya squared it. Yeah, exactly identical performances in those second halves. Mm-hmm. No, uh, that is that is a brilliant shout, Ben. Um, yeah, massive, massive shout. Um, I've never and, seen us know, see see us dominate teams like that, but we've done it twice now against Arsenal, both in second well, halves. There was that amazing stat that come out of the Arsenal game where I think we'd had something a ridiculous amount of shots on their goal. I want to say it was thirty. Yeah, it was like a record, wasn't it? For yeah, uh, one of the yeah, stats. It was. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know whether it's an Arsenal thing or a Watford thing. You know, we, we know we can do it because we've beaten, you know, big big six teams every season. But, you know, I, I think that's probably as much as we can say about the Arsenal game. And Ben, I'll ask you in a minute if you want to add any more on the Arsenal game itself. But I think the thing that I want to say, which I'm sure Ben echoes as well, is Yes, it's disappointing to go down, but that second half performance, that is all we were asking for these last few weeks. Like, it's even more frustrating seeing it on Sunday because that shows that we've had it in us all that time. And to not have done it in those previous games when it mattered, I was listening through some old stuff of our podcast earlier, and um, I think we rewind to the Southampton podcast. Uh, we just lost to Burnley, and I think Ben, you said if we draw against um, Southampton, then it should be enough to get a win against Newcastle and Norwich, and then West Ham. And you're thinking, like, if we'd have played in that, like we did in that second half against Southampton, against West Ham, you know, even against Newcastle and Norwich, you're looking at extending the lead in the Newcastle and Norwich game, therefore making the goal difference better. But it's just like. That is all we've wanted from this Watford side, and I'm sure you agree, Ben, is the fight and determination they showed in that second half. Yeah, definitely. Where, where has it been? I have no idea where it's been, but yeah, I completely echo what you say. All we wanted was just fight, passion, and we wanted the players to leave absolutely everything on that pitch yesterday. And I think they did, and fair play to them. But it, it, I'm absolutely gutted that we got relegated as well. Um mm-hmm. But yeah. going back to the game as well, I just want to say, why haven't we used Pedro more? Um, look at Pedro when he, he came off the bench. Look at what he was capable of. He was beating his man. He was delivering good balls into the box. And yeah, he was just brilliant. And I think he could be a massive asset for us next season. I just wish he got more game time since uh, lockdown. Yeah, and I, I think Mr. Pacho thought that as well. Hence why 
you know, uh, quite a few mitigating factors behind uh, Nigel Pearson's sacking. I think he's only had any of their youth players. I think he's only had three sub appearances since the restart, and yeah. that's just not enough. No, and like you says, he he come on and he looked exciting. And thing is, with players like that in games like that, there's no pressure on him. Like just yeah. go on, and he'll just run and run and run, and he'll take his man on, and he won't be scared. And there was a couple of times he got into the box and. Yeah, he tried to cut it back a few times. It didn't quite come off for him. But that's only going to work with game time and the experience of the English football because he's come from Brazilian league. I don't know what style of play is over there, but the English league's known for its rough and readiness of the, the sort of fight. In it. The championship's going to be a lot more physical than the yeah. Premier League. Let me tell you that. So he's in for a shock. And I do hope he gets played a lot more because he looks a really exciting talent. He really, really does. But, um, yeah, unfortunately, you know, we 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 were knocking and knocking and knocking, but nobody answered and it, it wasn't enough. Aston Villa drew, Bournemouth won, so we actually ended up finishing 19th. And um, that was Watford's five-year stay in the Premier League. Yeah. And it, it wasn't to be. And at half-time, I just sank into my chair and... I, it, as the game went on, it was that hope. It's a hope that kills you. It really is. But I just sank into my chair and I was like, you know, I, 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 I'd be lying if I said I didn't shed a few tears. Like it's just, yeah, it, it was expected, but at the same time, it's not nice to see it at all. Yeah, I, I was the same, mate. It, it hurt. Um, yeah, shed some tears at full time whistle as well. It was just heartbreaking because. We, we we give so much support to this club and it just felt like yeah. bef- before that second half performance, they gave us absolutely nothing in return. And to look at it, really, it's the, we have got the players. It, look what we did last season under Gracia. Look how well we finished in the in the league and the FA Cup final. And just something completely went wrong this season. And the performances from the players have been pathetic and it, it's it's hurtful because of how much we, we put into this club and supporting them up and down the country and spending our hard-earned money following them as well. And it's um, it just felt, yeah, it was just very hurtful, wasn't it? Heartbreaking. It was. And it um, was totally avoidable as well. Like we said, yeah. if, if if we attacked these teams like Burnley, look, there's so many points over the season where we could have stayed up. We could have attacked Burnley. We could have attacked Southampton. The VAR's gone against us this season. Newcastle stands up, stands out for me away from home. The penalty decision that wasn't given at um, the Tottenham ground for the challenge on Delafeu, for Delhi Alley handball goal that was given. There's so many little things. Our last minute um, goal we conceded at Villa Park when we was one 0 up. When we con- uh, went on to lose two one. Um, us us taking the lead against Everton, then going on and losing three two when I was down to ten men, and Theo Walcott scores in the ninety third minute. There's so many little bits all over the season where this could have been avoided, and it hasn't. Yeah. And now 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 we're facing a year or two or three or how many years it is in the championship now until we come back up. Yeah, well, you know, we just bef- before we talk about next season, I. I do want to say me and Ben are going to be doing a, a separate podcast just because the football season's ended for I think it's six weeks until it starts again but just because there's six weeks of no football we will be doing podcasts and one of them will be to talk in depth about 
championship, who we think we might want to bring in, who we think might want to leave, etc. So we will touch on that more in depth as opposed to next season as a whole uh, and how we think we might get on and whatnot. But um, I must say as well, just quickly, whilst we're still on yeah, about going on. Um, being in the Premiership, who who would have thought we was in the Premier League for five years when we got promoted on that uh, great day down in Brighton? <laughs> If someone said to me we would have stayed in the Premier League for five years, I would have laughed at someone in the face saying, no, yeah. we won't. We, we, we might get one year at a push. We'll come straight back down. But look at what we've done and what we've achieved. We've created so many cracking memories, so many standout performances. We've beaten so many other big teams, uh, Bar City. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's been yeah. a blast and I've, I've, I've absolutely enjoyed it and loved every minute of it. And I am gutted that we've gone down, but it's it's time to... Time to rebuild now, and like we've got to build from top to bottom, and hopefully the club um, come back stronger. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I completely echo that. I, I can't add much more. You know what, what you've just said is absolutely spot on there, and you know there, a couple of people say, you know, when we got promoted back in two thousand and fifteen, a lot of my mates said, you know, uh you, you you might do well the the first season, but it's always the second season that gets you. Yeah. And, and we, we, we still stayed up. And, you know, obviously we weren't going to be favourites to stay up in the, um, in the Premier League. But one thing I will say is every season we're in the Premier League, the pundits said every season that we were going to go down. Yeah. And it's taken them five years to actually get that prediction wrong. Yeah. So that says a lot, you know, and, Going back on what you've said, I've mentioned it a couple of times before and I'll mention it again because I don't think it gets mentioned enough. Every season we've been in the Premier League, we've beaten one of the so-called top six. Yeah. We, we, we beat a Man United, uh, other than Man City, sorry. Uh, we've beaten Man United. We've beaten Twice Tottenham. at home, I believe. Yeah. We've beaten Tottenham. We've beaten Chelsea. We've beaten Arsenal. Uh, beaten Liverpool. Um, obviously, Man City, we, we haven't beaten. But, um, you know, it, it, going off this season, you know, um, we Leicester finished fifth. We've beaten them before. So, you, you know, we've had some big, big victories in the in the Premier League. So, you know, those memories won't be forgotten. Ben's done a brilliant job, if you haven't seen it already, guys, of putting videos out there of that uh, other Watford fans have made, compilation videos. Go and check them out on our Twitter, at Voices of the Vic. Some of them, you, you you will shed a tear to some of them because they are really really you know it's, they, it's the music it, that goes with it <laughs> yeah yeah bit of yellow cold play bloody hell yeah. that don't bring you down but it, it just shows how far we've come and yeah, I do definitely. believe we'll be back hundred percent you've got to remember yeah. we've got to be realistic we, we we're a small club and we was probably punching Absolutely. above our weight but we did a bloody good job at it we did we certainly certainly did we did indeed um and. The, that actually leads nicely into to what we're about to talk about. One man who's been at the forefront of that five years and helped us get there was uh, a certain Mr. Troy Deeney. Now, the only reason I'm bringing him up is the interview that he did with Sky Sports afterwards, other than calling Patrick Davidson a cheeky bastard, which was <laughs> hilarious, by the way. I couldn't believe it when he said that. But um, it, it was quite a cryptic if you like, interview, and it sounds as if either A, he doesn't think that the club are going to keep him, or B, it's his way of saying goodbye. Um, you know, I, I can't recite it word for word, but he said, if the club 
have decided that that's it and it's time to go, then I'll accept it. It's been a good 10 years. Um, and he did an, uh, an interview with the uh, Kevin Affleck uh, at the club, which is on the Watford YouTube. So go and check that out if you haven't already. But um, what did you make of the interview, Ben? Do you, do you think that's him saying goodbye or do you think he genuinely thinks... He, he genuinely doesn't know what's going to happen. I mean, two minds about it. Um, I don't yeah. know if he's he's putting himself out there to protect his teammates and he's kind of wanting the abuse to go to him as what a captain would do. And we've seen him on the pitch. Uh, he kind of goes to the away fans to try and get the attention off his teammates and go on to him a bit more. Or yeah. am I thinking, is he trying to put himself in a short window a bit here? Is Is, is this him saying... He's good enough to stay in the Premier League. He's going to try and get a move to possibly Burnley. He'd probably fit. Maybe West Brom's gone back up. Is he trying to get a move to them? It was very complimentary of Arsenal <laughs> yesterday. There's more chance for me and you getting signed to Arsenal than him going there. Mate. Yeah, no, I don't think he would go to Arsenal. But he he was he was bigging them up a lot yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. In his interview, but yeah, I'm in two minds about it. I think he's a bit too honest sometimes for my liking. Um, I, I don't know. I think it's. Do you do you think he's had enough at the club, or do you think um, that he can sense from the fans that it's time for him to move on? I don't think he's had enough of the club. You know we. If I, I if I was like, him, I would have one eye on Luther Blissett's record and think championship next season. I could bag twenty goals. I still think, and I, I was going to ask you that actually. So I'm, um, you know, you brought it up now, um, but I still think he could get twenty goals in the championship yes. easily. Um, but I think, based on the interview, I think he knows that he look. He says he's not stupid. He knows the abuse he's been getting on social media. Uh, which I don't agree with whatsoever. Look, everyone's entitled to their opinion. Uh, he's not had the best of seasons. He's been injured and whatnot. So that's definitely not helped his cause. But, you know, I'll, I will never slag him off. And, you know, he, he really did put a shift in against Arsenal. And the, the fact he's playing through an injury, which, you know, sounds quite a painful operation he's got to have next week. The, the fact that he's, he's got, um, you know, has to have it drained. And, oh, yeah, it, it don't sound pleasant, put it that way. But... Mm. Um, I think he knows that he's going to be in for a lot of stick, which is why he's sort of saying, look, if they say that I want to go, I genuinely think he thinks the club might turn around and say, Troy, thanks for the last 10 years, buddy. See you later. Um, But do I think that he thinks he's good enough for the Premier League? Troy will always back himself, 100%. Could I see him going to a Burnley? Absolutely. Sean Dyche loves him. Yeah, he would take him all day long. Um, Possibly West Brom. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if he'd go to a Midlands team because they're supporting Blues. And yes, I do think he would take it that far that he'd turn down a move to his rivals. Not like Craig McHale-Smith. He's meant to be a Watford fan and he's played for Luton for uh, quite a few years. But um, yeah, Troy Troy wouldn't wouldn't mind. Uh, well, uh, Troy would mind, I think. So I, I really don't know. I, I genuinely think that the emotions got on top of him yesterday. So I don't think he knew himself. It was just an emotional interview. It was good for him to actually come out and actually be in front of the media because for the last few weeks, he's not really came out and said anything. It's been left up to Shoesy or Cleverly to come out and yeah. do it. So he actually found his cojones to come out and do that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and talking to Hughesy, 
We've had a question coming on Instagram from Hammy P. Is his nickname? I, I don't know what his full name is, but uh, Hammy <laughs> P sounds cool enough. He's he's asked who should start as captain next season. Clearly, Deeney will be recovering from his up. Now, I believe you've just said his name, and is it that obvious if we keep hold of him that Will Hughes is to be captain, or do you <laughs> think someone else? I don't know. I think we must do everything in our power to try and keep hold of Hughesy um, this yep. summer. And then if we do manage to keep hold of him, try and extend his contract and give him the armband. Um, he, he's he's shown that he cares about his football club in the last few weeks. And we can't really say that about many players uh, that's worn that yellow jersey um, since lockdown. So, yeah, um, give him the armband, give him the responsibility. He, he was captain of Derby and did a great job with them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, he doesn't. Like he he does everything on the pitch and off the pitch that you would expect from a captain. Yeah, absolutely. And he's come out in the media over the last few weeks and whatnot. And look, there might be more to it. Why Troy doesn't come out? You know, he, he's he's a very emotional guy. I'm sure if he'd come out against West Ham, he probably would have never been able to step foot on a live TV interview ever again with some of the words coming out of his mouth. So we don't know the full ins and outs as to why Troy's not, but. Hughes has come out and he said the right things and, you know, he, he shows that he cares. So, absolutely protect him at all costs. Tie him down to a new contract. Give him a little bit more money. Yes, we're in the Championship, but take that risk. Give him the captain's armband if Troy is injured. Uh, depends, you know, we, we, we're sort of guessing at the moment. We don't know Troy's operation is next week. I'm sure we'll be first to hear about how it's gone. Uh, and then we should start to hear about sort of contracts and whatnot for for players next season in the next couple of weeks. But um, yeah, it, it's going to be an interesting one to keep keep our eyes on because I know Leeds have been linked with um, with Hughesy, and uh, I could actually see that you know happening. Yeah. But let, let's hope that. Um, Let's hope that's not the case. Yeah, luckily we've we've got decent owners, and they're not just going to let people go for a cheap fee. If people want to come in and buy our star players, they've they've got to show the money, and they've got a Gino's a bit like Daniel Levy, isn't he? It's, it's, yeah. it's hard to get a, a good deal out of. So if if someone comes in and offers silly amounts from Will Hughes, then I imagine Gino's going to shake their hands and take it. But if they yeah. don't, if they don't stump up the money, then fully expect Hughesy to be here next season. Absolutely. Well, you know, look at the core. I think Everton tried a number of times, and uh, yeah, exactly. Said, look, cough up this much, or you're not having him, and they didn't. And we stuck to, you know, he stuck to his words. Mister Pazzo did. So. Same with Richarlison so as well. They, um, they, I think they put in two or three bids before um, the offer was accepted for Richarlison as well. Yeah. So, yeah, and I believe even after that, we've got quite a uh, quite a, a nice looking. Um, sell-on clause as well. Yeah, come on, Everton, yeah. sell him to Barca. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was hoping the other the other season. I was hoping, come on, sell him. Sell Seeing him linked to Barca, it was like, wow, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, no, he's, yeah he's, crazy. he's good, but he's not that good. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Ancelotti said that he wants him to score thirty goals the next season. Uh, I'd, uh, yeah, I'd like a Ferrari on the drive in the morning. <laughs> I don't know how that's going to happen, but. Um, I was going to say something else then, but it's a, it's a child-friendly podcast here at Voices of Vic, so we'll, uh, we'll keep it clean. Uh, unlike Ben, who likes to drop a few swear words in every now and then. But um, yeah, no, I think that that's as much as we can say on Troy at the moment, because we, we don't know what's going to happen. I think we'll, we'll be better suited to speaking about it after he's had his operation, because I'm sure more news will come of it, but... Obviously, in terms of the time, we, we, we don't want to keep you too long, listeners, and 
thank you for for keeping tuned in this long. But um, just quickly in terms of next season, we obviously we're in the championship now. There's six weeks or like forty seven days off the top of my head um, till the championship season starts. Um, we don't have a manager. So, I just quickly want to pick your brains. We we talked through this very, very roughly on the live Instagram we did on Saturday. We will be doing more of those guys. So, we'll obviously put it on Instagram and Twitter when we're going to be doing them. If you didn't tune into the first one, simple enough tag. It's at Voices of the Vic on Instagram as well. So, head over there and give us a follow. We'll follow you back. And we'll, we, we are going to be doing a lot more lives, um, sort of, from now on, I suppose. Um, so we did touch on it very briefly on Saturday, but I just want to pick your brains again. Um, we know that Claude Puel is the favourable manager from the Pozzos. I did read that it was sort of depending on whether we were going to stay up or not because Claude Puel would prefer to manage in the Premier League. If we write off Mr Puel, which I hope you do, who do you want to see take the position at Watford? In the uh, merry-go-round at the Watford head coach position, Ben? It's a tough one because um, we never know how long they're going to stay in their job for. So. Yeah. Um, but I would ideally like another English or British uh, manager to come in yeah. um, and hopefully yeah. use our youth system that we've got. Uh, we've got a lot of good youngsters in at the club. They've just not had the opportunity to perform. Um, so with that, I would, I would quite like to see the likes of Lee Johnson, who had a, he did a decent job at Bristol City. Uh, he's a Watford he boy. He's came through the Watford Academy. So there's a link to Watford there. And also for one that I mentioned to you earlier, just before we came on air. Um, yeah, I, wouldn't... I had to sit down for this one. So <laughs> be prepared, ladies and gents. I wouldn't mind Lee Bowyer. I thought he's done a fantastic job at um, Charlton, considering the circumstances that he's, he's working under under their owners. Um, it's been a bit of a joke for Charlton um, this season, how their clubs run. Um, they, they got relegated on the last game of the season. Um, their, their star striker refused to play. So they was literally playing without a striker and still just managed to go down on the last game of the season. If I remember correctly, I think Lee Boyer has coached under Watford before, well, under Hayden Mullins, was it? Or just before Mullins? Yeah, I was going to mention, he has actually worked with the under-23s with um, Harry Kuehl. Yeah, okay, Harry Kuehl. absolutely Q. abysmal as the under-23s manager. But uh, moving on. Yeah, so he, he, he knows the club. I've heard you reports know, that the... the when he was coaching, the players liked his ideas and that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, whereas I might not 100% agree with Boya personally, on a personal level. Nothing personal, Ben, don't worry. But uh, I, I do think that he knows the club sort of from his time here before, albeit it wasn't a great deal of time. But as you say, he, he's British. He's still he's young for a manager, I'll say. Um he was sort of a no-nonsense player as well, so you'd like to think he'd sort of install that into the players. No-nonsense. Do you remember that scrappy advocate in Dyer on the pitch? Yeah, his own team, mate. Yeah, yeah. No-nonsense. No he's, uh, he's, he's saying it lightly, I think. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I can sort of see where you're going with that. And it'd be interesting, guys. It, let us know your thoughts on who you want. Now we know what division we're in. It, it, I think it's going to be clear as to what sort of line of appointing we're going to go down. Um, who would you like? 
I had said, and I think I mentioned this on the live Instagram feed, I would actually go as far as appointing um, Paul Cook, the Wigan boss. Now, Wigan were relegated. Uh, I think it's subject to appeal. I don't know the full ins and outs. But yes, it is. Like, they were on 60 points without the, the, the minus 12 deduction. Like, there was news that they were going into administration and you'd think usually that would absolutely kill the, the mood around the place. From what I heard on Twitter and what I saw on Twitter, Paul Cook did everything in his power to make it completely opposite. He rang staff, he rang fans, he rang players to yeah. give them the reassurance. Even on match days, he rang them two, three hours before kickoff. He gets what a club's ethos is about. And I think with um, you know the ethos that our club has and the community aspect of things, and to hear that he does that when his club's in trouble, I think he'd fit the bill perfectly. Yeah, it's not pretty football. Slavici Akanovic's wasn't pretty football. He got us up, and he knows the league inside out, uh, Paul Cook does. I don't think we'd go that wrong if we went down the Paul Cook line. Yeah, no, I agree. I've, I've, since you mentioned it, I've looked into it a bit more and I, I kind of like the idea as well. And he's he he did very well at Portsmouth, didn't he? Uh, yes. And then he, he's done well with um, Wigan. They're both two probably community-based football clubs as well. Watford's a community-based football club. We're probably looking too much into this, but um, yeah, I wouldn't rule out maybe looking at Paul Cook. Another one I'd like to throw in there as well. I, I, I don't know how to pronounce his name, so I'm, ho- I'm looking for you for this one. Um, okay. The Barnsley manager. I, oh, I, I think he... I think he is probably more suitable to fit in the Pozzo's mould, yes. isn't he? Yes, he is. What, because he's foreign or...? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I just think he, he performs better with a pool of players that it's given to him. Yeah. Well, look, they, you know, I know it's subject to appeal, so they could you know, still go down. But look, he saved Barnsley on the last day. He beat a Brentford team that were going for automatic promotion. And, you know... He, he, no disrespect to Barnsley, uh, and I, I don't want to say anything just in case they, they do beat us next season. But no disrespect to Barnsley, he'll have a, a much better pool of players mm. at his sort of helm at Watford, you know. So, and I, I think you're absolutely spot on with that. Stuber, I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, he um, he does fit the Pozzo module uh, model. Sorry. Uh, much more than any other the managers that we've just sort of said. But, but- it'll be interesting as well. Because Ben Foster and a few other players, after we'd sacked uh, Flores, had said that they want an English coach. Yeah. Now, that just doesn't go away overnight. They will want an English coach, I'd imagine, for the longevity of it. So, it's going to be really interesting. Chris Hewton's another one that they've mentioned. What What would your thoughts be on Chris Hewton, Ben? Uh, Chris Hewton knows how to get out of a championship. So, if... if I know it's not the most attractive uh, of appointments, but if he was to get us back up into the championship, uh, from a championship up to the premiership, then I, I wouldn't really complain about it. I've seen a few people moan about it, saying he's not mm-hmm. going to play the football that we want. But to be fair, Who cares? I, I, I don't really care. I just want yeah. I, I just want us to rebuild from top to bottom, and shooting could be that kind of manager that would help um, us along the way. Absolutely, and uh, something you just said there, you know, he, he, he might not play the prettiest football and. Uh, a few fans might, might not like it. One thing I want to make clear, ladies and gents, is I've not seen it yet, but I'm worried that I will see it, after, especially after a few signings. I do not want to see anybody say, 
that not that they will say this because I've never seen a Watford fan say it, but I want to see I don't want to see anybody say that we will walk the league. I don't want to see I don't want to see anyone saying we've got this under control. And I'd like to think that Watford fans aren't that stupid to say that, right? Yeah. But you just never know. I, I gen- personally, and I'll say this now, and like I say, we'll do a pod about it separately. I like to be as positive as possible, but I don't know if we'll come back up at the first go. I, listen, it, players can prove me wrong on that one. They really can. But I just think it's such a tough league. And yeah. It is, it's, it, yeah, it's a massive league. It's, it's very tough to, um, to get promoted out of there. There's, there's lots of big clubs in there who have been fighting for years to get back out of it. Um, I think I saw a stat yesterday that over the course of the years, there might be one team that gets promoted that gets relegated, or at most maybe two. All three clubs don't get promoted back up again. So it's going to be tight to come back up. There's, there's teams like Forest down there. There's Derby. Derby have had a good run to the season. It's whoever's not going to go up from the playoffs. There's good teams in there. Brentford's a very good footballing side. Swansea are brilliant as well at the moment. Um, there's lots of big clubs in that uh, league and it's going to be a struggle to get back, uh, back up. There's Tuesday to Saturday games. It's if they I come quick that, and though. fast. I I love it. Yeah, I love that there's yeah. football on all the time. Um, but absolutely, yeah, it's going to be tough. Um, it might take one year, it might take two years, or even longer. But I'm sure we'll be back at some point. Yeah, I'm sure we have. We, we've got the right. We've got the right guys at the helm, and uh, I think that that will be quite a nice thing to actually end the pod on. Is the statement that was brought out today uh, from Gino and Scott. Um, I, I think they didn't have to do it. But yeah, they did it, and the fans yes, wanted it, didn't the right they? Things. But they didn't have to do Absolutely. it. Absolutely, the, they've said the right things, and what we need to do now is act on them. So I think it's probably best thing to end the pod on. But I'll just read what was said. So this was from the Hornets owner Gino Pozzo and the chairman and. Um, and sorry, the Hornets owner and chairman, Gino Pozzo, and the CEO, Scott Duxbury. So he basically said, the world hasn't stopped turning, even though at times yesterday we all had a feeling of despair. But from despair has to come hope. And that is why, as a club, as a community, and as a group who have Watford Football Clubs in our heart, we must build for a successful future. There is obviously huge disappointment at losing our Premier League status. We cannot pretend otherwise. Every club wants to be playing at the highest possible level. What we play, what league we play in, however, does not define the football club. We will not allow the core values of Watford FC to be diluted simply because we are not playing in the Premier League. Everything we have achieved as a club over the past eight years should not be forgotten. The fact we've transformed Vicarage Road Stadium and built a club of true substance with links to the community that are of envy of many is a source of great pride. What we did for our NHS neighbours during a time of true crisis should stand as a beacon for what this club embodies. We have always said we are here for the long term and we will not allow this one moment of great disappointment to stop the continued development of this club over the next eight years and beyond. That is not to detract from mistakes that were made surrounding this team this season. We have to be uh, scrupulously... I think I've said that right. (laughs) Basically, they have to be honest with themselves and admit our efforts surrounding... that It was going so well. uh, (laughs) And admit our efforts surrounding the team were not good enough. There will be lessons learned 
and changes. But from today, we move forward. We have we have to accept a different challenge. We will make changes where the team is concerned and those changes will make us stronger, ready to face the challenges that lie ahead and rekindle the passion that has always been a hallmark of this great club. In sport, you will always face moments of great disappointment, but it is how you react that defines you. Rest assured, and this is the most important bit, by the way, ladies and gents, Rest assured, we will do everything in our power to take Watford Football Club back to the Premier League, something we all believe we can achieve. Best regards. Now, that is what I want to hear from the owners. Like you've said, Ben, they didn't have to, but that, if there is a statement to be made, it is that one. What we have to do now is follow up on what he said. They have to get the recruitment bang on. They have to get the management bang on. I don't care if we play crap football as long as we get back up. We have to be ready and it's going to be a very, very interesting season and I am slightly looking forward to it. It could be an exciting time to be a Watford fan again, hopefully. Definitely, yeah. But I, th- I thought it was brilliant from um, Gina and S- Scott. Um, we didn't... Yeah. Need, we didn't... We wasn't expecting that. The fans wanted a statement, but to be honest, I I, I didn't see them putting one out. Um, it was great to see they've admitted they've made mistakes on and off the pitch. Um, it felt yeah. like it was a genuine statement. It was from their heart. It was reassuring to see that they're here for the long term. The club's in good hands still. It sounds like they're going to give it a bloody good go in the championship as well. It, it's just... Yeah. We can rebuild and it's time to look forward now. Uh, we go again and it's just exactly what we deserve as fans. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think we'll, um, we'll, we'll, we'll look forward to what could be an interesting season and hopefully the fans are allowed back in sooner rather than later so we can be there to witness it as well. But um, I think that's probably the best note to leave it on. A little bit of positivity, a little bit of hope for the future, hopefully. And um, next time we'll be back, we'll be discussing, hopefully, we'll be discussing a new manager at the helm and we can talk about their past achievements and past sort of experiences as a manager and hopefully we can be even more positive. But now is the time to look forward as opposed to look back. We've had the disappointment. Hats off to Aston Villa for staying up. I must admit that. Um, And we build and we go again for next season. So, if you've listened for this season, obviously, this is the last one of season one of Vic, uh, Voices of the Vic. So, if you've listened to all of them, if you've listened to one, two, three, doesn't matter. If you've listened, we cannot thank you enough for, you know, what's been a really, really good sort of few months for me and Ben doing this podcast. We've loved bringing you podcasts. We've loved bringing you live feeds. We've loved your interaction on Twitter. We really, really do appreciate it. And uh, like I say, we'll be back soon, as soon as a new manager is announced. Also, keep your eye out for some live um, feeds on Instagram as well. And we'll try and get some competitions in the meantime to sort of fill that six-week void that we have to wait until the season starts again. But but as always, thanks for tuning in from me, Mike Duffy, and my co-host, Ben Aiton. We will speak to you next time. But please, please, please do keep the faith. Good times are going to be coming back to this club. I really, really do mean that. Come on, you ones. Sports Social Podcast Network.